And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Alex Sears. It's always a great time talking to Alec. Uh, we covered a lot. We talked about the difference in press coverage between the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and the uh, massacre at a, a uh, Wisconsin Christmas parade. Um, we talked about corporate journalists' annual attack on Thanksgiving. Uh, we talked about the Kyle Rittenhouse-Tucker Carlson interview and how to protect the right from uh, from ridiculous grifters like Lynn Wood. Uh, we cover a lot. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, guys, before I get to Alec, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you are on iTunes, please take five seconds uh, to give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. It helps us out. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Alex Sears. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Alex Sears. Alec, how you been, man? Doing good, Brady. Thanks for having me. It's always good to be on the show. Absolutely. So jumping right into the big news stories of the week. Uh, I was off on Monday, so we have a lot to catch up on. I know it's saying a lot, and it sounds like hyperbole, but I, I really feel like this past week has been the most evil week the corporate press has ever had. Um, if it's even possible, I think they've managed to sink to new lows. Um, first off, Kyle Rittenhouse, as, as we all know, was rightfully exonerated. The kid did nothing wrong. Um, clear case of self-defense. And the press is continuing to call him a white supremacist and a racist and all of that. I mean, they're just begging for lawsuits at this point. Um, they tried to gin up riots. Um, the riots weren't as bad as they thought they were going to be, but the, the press really tried their best there. Um, and then a black guy who just got out of jail for running someone over with his car uh, and this week posted all kinds of racist stuff online promoting violence against white people, murders six white people, including children, um, in, in Wisconsin at a, at a Christmas parade, and the press go completely radio silent. And they're calling the, the incident a car accident. I mean, just just truly transparently wicked stuff from the media. Yeah, it is uh, It is stark and frightening, to be honest. Um you know, you, you would have thought they would have learned their lesson after Nick Sandman taught them, uh, you know, what's up with his, you know, probably close to a hundred million dollar lawsuit. But <laughs> apparently they're just like they're gearing up for more hurt because the, the disinformation, it's so painfully obvious, whether it's Rittenhouse or whether it's this this, you know, man plowing through a crowd of, you know, holiday goers parade attendees um which is just sad and shocking um and and the local paper even is like joining in on the whole uh we're just not going to talk about it the local paper the the car accident didn't even make the front page of the paper the front page of the paper has something about you know some wild turkey that was raised in captivity which is just silly that that's on the front page when such a incredible and, and massive and horrific incident happened in their city uh, you know, the likes of which has not been seen. It is a national incident. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's completely evil. And I just like the press and the Democrats, they they honestly believe and I don't know why. I don't know what possessed them to, to believe this, but they believe that like race wars are their path to their leftist utopia. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it, it's just it's sickening. I mean, these people are sickening. I think this is what the press is going to be like from now on, though, at least for the foreseeable future. I, I think they're just going to refuse to report on any crime, you know, up up to and including mass murder and, and hate crimes if if the perpetrator is black. And then they're going to try to paint any white guy who defends himself as a racist, even if in Kyle Rittenhouse's case, not only was it a clear case of self-defense, but also the people who shot were all white. Um, it, but this is the path they've chosen. Like, this is a strategy that they have selected. And I guess we'll see how it works out for him. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, including me, thought that this was going to calm down a little bit after Trump was out of office, that they really kind of turned it up to 11 because of their just sheer, you know, hatred and derangement surrounding Trump. TDS is real people. But uh, it it has not slowed down. They just found, you know, new and different targets. And unfortunately, they, you know, they have their sights set on this poor 17, 18 year old kid named Kyle who really doesn't have much of a political affiliation at all and uh, was just there, you know, to to guard some businesses and wound up in a bad situation. And and they, they tried to ruin his life. And I, I hate to use personal anecdotes, but I, I want to give an example of of something that I've noticed in the past week here. Um, I mean, these things, this press coverage, the press's behavior, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's it's infecting people's minds, man. It's poisoning people. And like guys like us, like we're really good at ignoring the press. Obviously, we we see these monsters for who they are, but they're hurting people. They're hurting this country. Like my, uh, I'm not gonna give any details because I never do on this podcast. But my wife hosted a big event um, here in Toledo on Saturday, and there's another one. Uh, this this upcoming Saturday, crazy week, <laughs> by the way, super busy over here. But, you know, the local paper and the local news stations covered it. Um, it was a big event. Um, we got some good press promoting the event, which was nice. That helped put butts in seats. Um, but, dude, looking at social media from the local media coverage we got for our event, it, dude, <laughs> it was bad, man. It, it's all black folks complaining, just pissing and moaning about how awful it is that local media would promote an event hosted by a white person it really i mean it was some of the most wicked racist stuff i've ever seen and it was really hurtful to my wife i mean she isn't as good at tuning things out as i am as as you would imagine but i was taken aback by this man it's like this is the press you know what i mean the press is is poisoning people's minds man these are like my neighbors these are you know my fellow toledoans they like who happen to be black, but they're not actually racist, or at least they didn't used to be. The press is pushing them and tricking them into thinking this way. It's awful. I mean, they're they're hurting black Americans with this coverage. Like, this is no way to live. There's no way to treat people. But the press is convincing black people that racism is okay. I mean, it's like this bizarre—this is the world that they're trying to create. Like, this is an electoral strategy for these people, and it's disgusting, and it's ruining people, man. It's turning good people into racists. It's disgusting. I know that's just a personal anecdote. I I hate using, you know, anecdotal evidence, but I think it really says something. Well, you know, let me me take that and turn it into not a personal anecdote, and we saw exactly how this works in Virginia during the Virginia governor's race when the Lincoln Project rolled out five people and... (laughs) white shirts, baseball hats, and tiki torches to go stand in front of Glenn Youngkin's bus. And it was the worst thing that I've ever seen in my life. It was so bad. 
that I made it my mission to identify these people. <laughs> and you and, did within 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. Like it is such a blatant and disgusting attempt to stoke racial tension in a place where it's just not necessary. And and it, it, everything is is you know now black versus white, which is it's disgusting. It's not how we should be doing things. It's not right. It's all these people that are running around saying, "Oh, we shouldn't be racist. We shouldn't be racist. We shouldn't be racist," which is true. And then they're, but they're taking it a step further and saying you're racist, and not really giving you know any reasons why. We're we're living in a time where you can take, you know, excerpts from a Martin Luther King Jr. speech, post it on social media, and get called racist because someone dared say that that black people and white people should be treated equally based on the content of the character, because now it's gone such a step farther that people want to be treated on the basis of the color of their skin, which is, it's just, it's, it's, it's vile. It's not right. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's just, I just, I can't, I can't, I I think I I'm optimistic enough about humanity that like, I, I don't think that these people, you know, trashing my wife for, being successful and white at the same time, I, I can't believe that they're just really legitimate racists. Like, I have to think higher of them than that. It's just the press is gaslighting them into it, man. And it's you're absolutely right with what happened in, in Virginia. It's just, I don't, the press is not going to back off. They're not going to stop with this race war propaganda. And I don't, I don't know how to calm things down. Like, I, I just don't, if they're not going to back up, they're going to keep stoking these flames. They're going to keep stoking this racism. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how we get back to normal after this. Like, the press is going to do everything in their power not to let us. I, yeah, you're you're kind of right. I don't I don't see the path out. Um, I I hope someone does. Someone much smarter than me, um, with probably a whole lot of money at their disposal. You know. It's, it's just that liberalism and leftism and Marxism has infiltrated the journalist industry, if, if such a thing even exists anymore, so deeply and profoundly that, you know, it, it, it permeates all the way down to the local level. Like your, your average local journalist is like, oh, how can I get a gotcha story on this, you know, Republican operative so that the likes of CNN and New York Times will recognize me? You know, it's stuff like that. It's disingenuous it's it's borderline political activism and it, it's almost like you know the the media is just another wing of the dnc oh yeah yeah of course um so kyle rittenhouse did an interview with tucker carlson i think that was monday monday night i don't know i don't even have cable so i have to <laughs> catch up on everything later um I mean, I wouldn't advise him to do any interviews, but I also wouldn't advise him to uh, testify in his trial either. But, the, you know, the people around him are obviously giving him sound advice because he knocked both of them out of the park. Um, he talked about how he's going to sue the corporate press, which is great. You know, if, if Nick Sandman got $100 million, I hope, man, I hope Rittenhouse cleans these dudes out. <laughs> I mean, I hope he gets, like, private island money after all this. He deserves it. Um, but he said all the right things to Tucker. Uh, but what stood out to, to I think all of us <laughs> was that grifter and fake. Well, I mean, I can't imagine he's a real lawyer, to be honest. Lynn Wood um, raised a ton of money off of Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, allegedly to bail Kyle out of prison. And instead, 
left Kyle in prison for three months and pocketed the money. And this is the same lunatic that gave us a Democratic Senate by telling Georgia Republicans not to vote last January in the Senate elections. So, I mean, this guy, I mean, for what he did to Kyle Rittenhouse, he deserves prison time. But, man, like, I didn't think I could have a lower opinion of Lynn Wood, but, poof, what a truly vile person. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn Wood is, you know, basically the worst, and it is shocking and a little bit appalling um, the number of people, specifically uh, those in the kind of older range of Republicans. Some people may call them boomers. Uh, the boomers love Linwood, and I really don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't oh, understand. No. Um, I guess it, you know, they all they know is that he like quote unquote fought, you know, for for the 2020 election. Um, a, what a losing battle. B you know, I'm sure he the, the amount of money he raised off of that is stupid and ridiculous uh, money that could have gone to Georgia. And see, you're totally right. He wound up losing his Georgia by telling people not to vote because their votes aren't going to be counted. It is it, it it's ridiculous that this person has any attention like he's he's very, very, very close to being like the rights um, creepy Twitter lawyer. Uh, yeah. What's his Avenatti? Michael <laughs> Avenatti. Wood is like so close to being that on the right. Um, and yeah, yeah, just raising millions of dollars and then leaving Kyle Rittenhouse in prison for you know months longer than he should have just to raise more and more money. That's so gross. You know, and then and then trying to say that you have a claim to that money when all of that was donated for Kyle. There there are some uh, you know, laws surrounding donations and fraud, and I suspect that those will be very closely looked at by by prosecutors in, in the state and nationally. Um, I'm, I'm not no legal expert by any means, but uh, I would be surprised if there wasn't some kind of uh, investigation at the very least into that. Yeah, I mean, I sure hope so. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, like that raises the question, like, how do we keep gullible people on the right? You know, the the boomer cons, if you will. I mean, look, baby boomers are on both sides. They are still the largest voting bloc in the country. Like, how do we keep some of the gullible right-wingers from buying into the next grift? You know what I mean? Like, I expect leftists to fall for just about every grift because they're, like, NPCs. <laughs> you know, like, they are brainwashed by the press. Like, they're going to—they will fall for every grift that the Lincoln Project puts forth from now until the end of time—from now until everybody at the Lincoln Project is arrested for pedophilia. But, like, how do we keep the boomer cons from buying into the next one? Like, that's the— I mean, because the stakes are pretty darn high right now. <laughs> I mean, looking around at the economy, looking at what was happening in this country, like we can't afford to let these grifters siphon off votes, siphon off otherwise good people from the movement. You know what I mean? How do we protect the right from people like that going forward? Like, I don't have an answer. I'm just, I don't know. Just spitballing you know, here. You know what, Brady? I kind of have an idea. Everybody's home for Thanksgiving right now, right? Mm -hmm. Go, if you're in your parents' house... Go find the TV remote and hide it. Nice. <laughs> yes. Hide the TV yeah. remote. If they're not watching Newsmax, they're not watching OAA, and some of Fox News even is is just still so radicalizing. Questionable, yes. Go hide the TV remote. Yeah, man. And do your country a service. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like, the, the Lynn Woods... And service. by the way, I... I Because uh, it was Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, and I... I I kept forgetting which one was a girl. I actually thought Lynn Wood was the girl and Sidney Powell was the guy, but I got him reversed. It doesn't really matter. They're essentially the same person. But, like, 
man, I, I can't. It, it was astounding at the time because I mean, we all kind of saw the writing on the wall, what was going on here. We knew it was a grift pretty early on. Most of us did. But, man, it's like so many people. He swung the Georgia elections, man. Like Chuck Schumer is Senate Majority Leader because of this riffraff. Like, man, we ho- hopefully your your remote hiding plan works because like I just especially going into these midterms next year, man. Like that, oof. Like we could be talking the difference between a lot of economic hardship that we're going to get no matter what, and like a legitimate depression. Yeah, I really do think that's what we're looking down the barrel of right now, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's certainly kind of looking that way. Uh, and there's there's almost nothing like it. You know, you're just staring at the cliff as the car is speeding towards it at 90 miles an hour. And you know that the, you're well past the distance where if you slam on the brakes, it's not even going to help. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just what a cheery outlook we both have t- today. Hope you're a great time. So uh, check out this headline <laughs> from from Molly Jong Fast at the Atl- Atlantic. Um, quote: this, this is a real headline. I'm not making this up. Quote: Deprogram your relatives this Thanksgiving. Maybe you'll change a heart or mind, or maybe you'll need to report a relative to the FBI. Man, the Democrats. I know. Mo- I know Molly Jong Fast claimed that this was a joke. Obviously, it was not a joke. But like, why do these people dial up the evil? just extra hard this time of year every year i i don't get it i guess i guess they think like oh it's like christmas thanksgiving everyone should be like in a super like emotional empathetic state like you know donate to to charities and stuff and like all like sure and yes but also they're using it as like a tool to uh you know manipulate people which is pretty gross. And and the thing is, like, yeah, you're right. Like, Molly Jongfast is live on Twitter right now trying to play this off as some kind of, like, sick joke. If you look at, like, the last four years of her, like, career trajectory and all the, like, horrible, gross things she's said and done, this is not a joke. Like, Molly Jongfast wants you to report your relatives to the FBI. And for what? For voting for Trump, I guess? For wearing a MAGA hat to Thanksgiving? I mean, like, I, I wouldn't wear a MAGA hat to Thanksgiving, but I think it's a little tacky. But like I wouldn't call the FBI on somebody. That's you know that's it. It just goes back to this whole thing of like the Democrats want to use the government and and the government's guns to control who you can vote for and what you can think. Like yeah, that's, that's the they, bottom they, line. They do view the FBI as just an extension of the DNC, and I don't know if they're wrong. I mean, if you if you look at the behavior of the FBI for the last several years, I mean it's. It's hard to argue that they are essentially just a, a wing of the Democratic Party at this point. I think a lot of the higher ups can definitely think like that. I think that the rank and file is much more uh, against the politicization of the FBI than people realize. But they have the good graces and the good sense to do their duty and not talk about it because they're duty bound. And you know what? Good for them. But at the same time, that kind of sucks for us. Yeah, you saw on uh, I think it was MSNBC or CNN. I get them confused, but it was yesterday. The uh, the host, some crazy lady, was was chuckling about how we need more prisons because there aren't enough there isn't enough prison space to lock up every Trump voter. And they were just like just chortling about this live on MSNBC. It's like, man, these 
it's it's astounding how comfortable these people are talking like this in public. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just a wicked person like that and you just have these evil thoughts and keep it to yourself, that's bad enough. It's like, these people are so comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, you'd never see, like, a right-winger, even, like, a, a radical, like, comfortable enough to talk about this in public because they know they get banned from the Internet, they get fired from their job. But if you're a Democrat, I mean, you can just say whatever. You can write this on the front page of the Atlantic and be totally fine. She'll get a promotion, this crazy lady. Which you do have a story about Molly Jong Fast if you'd like to share it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I have a couple of stories about Molly Jong Fast. I don't know. Uh, Molly used to like invite me to all of her like weird liberal DC cop like happy hour things at like people's random mansions in DC, and I went to a couple more so because I was just like curious about like what this was about. And the reason that Molly did this is because I had like. There's like a good like two years where I was just like ranting and raving about Turning Point USA, which mm-hmm. like A, they deserved and B, yes. well, I like don't do that so much anymore. I still deeply dislike the group and their motivations. I think that they have very poor motivations and I think they do a lot more harm than good most of the time. 100%. Uh, we can talk about that another time. But because I had, you know, these these tweets, Molly Jongfast thought I was going to be like the new Oliver Darcy that she could like groom <laughs> into like this like right wing traitor, I guess. I don't know. But like what she didn't realize is that like the buck stopped there. Like I just didn't like Turning Point, what they were doing, the conservative movement, because I care so deeply about the conservative movement that I wanted to be a healthy and thriving like operation. Right. Um, so. After about, like, two of these parties, I was, like, meeting, like, the the editor-in-chief of, like, the Daily Beast, and, like, like there were, like, MSNBC contributors there, and, like, people were having book launches. I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. And then, like, a, a couple months after that, I had, like, some comment about how, like, you know, oh, you know, the Daily Beast is, like, being really, really dumb, like, because clearly that's something that happens nearly every day. And after that, Molly Jongfast, like, blocked me and just does not speak to me anymore. Like, totally, totally flipped. She realized that she couldn't flip me. And so she was just like, all right, I'm out of here. But it was it was a very bizarre period of time where, like, I just went to these, like, D.C. liberal elite parties and just, like, watched. And it was, it was very strange. They're all very normal people. There was no, like, eyes wide shut things. But very delusional. Doesn't that give you... That's a fascinating insight into the mind of these corporate journalists and just Democrat, you know, talking heads more generally. Like, they're not nuanced people at all. Like, their views are not nuanced. It's just like they get their talking points from Nancy Pelosi and repeat it verbatim. You know what I mean? And that's just what they do for a living. Like, that is just their entire—that's their job. That's what they do at home. That's just their worldview. And so it's like they don't realize that any of us can be nuanced in any way. So they see you criticize like Charlie Kirk or whatever. They're like, okay, he's one of us. It's like, it's like, <laughs> no, no, you guys are the people with no personality and no nuance at all and without the ability to think for yourselves, not us. You know what I mean? It's like they, they can't view you as, because they're these, these robots. Like they, they are NPCs, you know what I mean? And they just, they think everybody else is like that when, of course, that's preposterous. Yeah, no, you, you really hit the nail on the head with it. Oh, just don't friends don't let friends become corporate journalists. <laughs> Tell you what, man, raise your kids to disdain the press and man, I, what are these people like? It. I mean, you said they were normal at these cocktail parties, but like, I wonder what they're like. Are they? Are they I wonder if they're really this bad and aggressive with like their Republican family members. Like, they probably are. Like, they're probably insufferable. 
at Thanksgiving. Oh, I, I would absolutely imagine so. Like, like so very, very high and mighty, very like holier than thou. Like that's the attitude that I've always seen these kind of people take. It's like, oh, like you voted for a Republican. Like, okay, sweetie. Like, eventually you'll learn. Oh gosh, sounds like a sounds like a barrel laughs over some turkey and mashed potatoes. I tell you what. Yeah. Alec, my brother, uh, thanks for doing this. Let's do it again soon. Uh, where can everybody follow you online, keep in touch, and all that good stuff? Yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter, at Alec underscore Sears. And uh, thank you, Brady, for having me on once again. It's always a genuine pleasure to be on the No Gimmicks pod. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, my friend. I appreciate you. Everybody follow Alec. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I, I may or may not be back next week. I'm definitely not doing a podcast on Monday. By the way, it is deer gun season here in Ohio. We have one week to shoot deer with guns, and I want to get two. So if I get a deer Monday and a deer Tuesday, I'll be back Wednesday. If not, I'll be back a week from Monday. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. No gimmicks.